I hear the objections, but you don't know my life. You don't know what my boss is asking of me, what my kids need right now. I understand. We are all hard-pressed, some of us more than others, but there's a way to account for even this. We burn through so much of our emotional, mental, and spiritual energy simply through worry, anger, being generally unsettled, and by taking in too much of the overwhelming news of the world. Friends, you can turn and walk away. Without needing one more day of vacation or some ideal work schedule, you can walk away from a whole lot of what is currently draining you. We need margin to replenish, margin that is so protected it is sacred margin, untouchable, non-negotiable. Begin asking Jesus about the plans you need to make. And that is from the book we've been referencing for a couple of weeks now, Resilient by John Eldridge, the subtitle, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. And that's how I wanted to start off this second part of building our summer recreation plan. We need to start asking Jesus to help us in making these plans. And last time we were looking at some of that and what uh, the Lord had for us from Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 30 through 34. And, of course, folks, if you hadn't listened to that, you'll want to go back and listen to part one. But in summary... What Jesus included in his recreation plan was solitude, peacefulness, rest, and recovery. And it's all about building wholeness into our lives. And so as we get ready to start this part number two, I want to welcome old Easy Target back over here who has been practicing his recreation plan and looking renewed and fresher than ever. Well, thank you. I feel renewed and fresher than ever. If we're going to achieve this then, we need to move into this part of the conversation. We need a plan. Mm Got to get a plan for this. So we've all experienced the busy times to whatever level it has been in your life. I mean, you just look at look at where we are. Okay, let's just, just use some real-life information and intel here. Uh, we, we Just in the past month, we made a recon trip to New York City mm-hmm. and turned around and came back and uh, did some follow-up briefings and things with that. I, I did get the recreation vacation with my wife. Likewise. And, yeah, we both got that in, Napoleon's gone getting some of that now and can we just stop and say we are living proof that's necessary yes. because we come out of that and we had a year uh, a week last week of a funeral vacation bible school we said i said so so na- naively. naively well it's okay next week we'll get some rest well guess what this week has already brought we got off the boat we got off the <laughs> boat and they were already waiting for us yeah. and it's and it's good things yep I mean, it's needful things. It's people that genuinely need ministry right now. But all of a sudden, our days and nights are taken up again. Well, guess what? Next week, we leave on another mission. We got we got a mission team going out for an entire week. We will be gone. Okay? So it is vital to get a plan together for how we're going to get some recreation in our life. By the way, how quickly the summer can come and go. Mm-hmm. As we said yesterday... 
we were talking about doing this podcast, we'll turn around, and I've only got one child in school now, and you've got two in school uh, and, and another little one, and by the time we turn around, they're going to be back in school, and that window of opportunity to do some things yep. gets smaller. It kind of condenses down. Although, can we just complain a little bit? Summers around here aren't like summers in some of the other places around the country. Yep. Up north, they may be having a beautiful summer where it's 70 degrees and beautiful weather. And out west, they may be enjoying the yep. 80 degrees, 85 with like 15% humidity. Not us. No. That being said. 96 and 150% humidity. If I would have been in charge, number one, this is the the week of July 4th we're recording. And put, if I'd have been in charge, so number one, I would have said to Jefferson and Adams and all those other guys, hey, fellas, since we didn't go ahead and get this done back in March, yeah. can we just wait until October and announce yeah. our independence? Because this is going to be a big day. They're going to want to have barbecues in the uh, future. Good night. <laughs> People are going to be out grilling over their gas grills in 95-degree weather. Fellas, let's have mercy on our people. Yeah. <laughs> and the second thing I would have done is I would have changed the school year plan. I would rather have the children in school right now and be off during, I don't know. Spring uh, in the fall? Yeah, somewhere <laughs> where it makes sense. Throw that all aside and come back to the plan. We need to plan this thing. There are things that, you know, we've thought about at times that didn't happen. You know, uh, the weekend camp out that just couldn't happen because something comes up. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. So busyness is one of our problems. We've got to figure that out. And I want to say this before we talk about the principles of the plan. This is also important. Disorientation is a problem. And what I mean by that is we get into these ways of living where we don't have the focus where it needs to be. We're very disoriented in terms of having our focus and our hearts and our purpose aligned with God's will. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? I know it goes back into the whole thing of praying, but let's go back into that thing. Let's pray and then plan rather than the other way around. We need to change that. And so just getting our focus back on what really matters most of all, and I just want to throw in there that we should constantly be returning to the single most important truth of our age that Jesus is coming again. Yep. And so that's the that's the big the big thing that helps us orient our lives. If I'm realizing, for example, that Jesus is coming at any time, then when I'm thinking about my recreation plan, I'm going to be less apt to just vacate. I'm going to be more apt to recreate. I'm going to mm-hmm. be more apt to stay with the Lord and, and, and be with God and nourish my soul and all of that. So that that helps. But if we're coming up with a plan, what are the principles that should guide our planning process? And I don't know if you have any particular things you've thought about, but I wrote down three. So, well, I guess the fourth would be, let's make it the first, and let's say your plan should be prayerful. Mm-hmm. Let's start with that. Let's pray over the plan. The Lord, what do I need in my life? What does my family need right now? What will help bring recreation into our souls and our bodies and everything that we're doing. So be prayerful. But the next thing I wrote down, I think is important as we come into making this plan is we need to be intentional. So deliberate action that moves us toward the goal. So it doesn't just happen because I want it. It doesn't just happen because it's a good idea. It happens because I'm very intentional at coming up with deliberate actions that will move me toward the goal. I'm going to go back to uh, the trip with Athena a couple weeks ago, that trip was an amazing trip for us. Good example here, right? 25th wedding anniversary. 
we went through this whole process of months of saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's our 25th. We got to do something big. We got to and and our our original plan was to travel up into New England because we've never been in that part of the country. Been all over the country and never been to New England. So we're going to go to New England. We're going to go to we're going to stop in Philly on the way up. We're going to go to Boston. We're going to go up into Maine. We're going to hit all these places. I want to go to Plymouth Rock. And get some cheesesteak, some lobster, and some baked beans. Here's the thing about that. I sit down and I start mapping this thing out. And and Nuff said when I say this, to do that trip the way we were planning on doing it would require 40 hours in a car That's on a one-week trip. Wow. Yeah. And I said, hey, come here. Let me show you something. 40 hours in a car, we can't do this. And so what did we do? Well, we said, well, we'll fly. We'll fly into Philly and we'll rent a car. We'll fly into Boston and rent a car and do all that. And we started calculating all that. And I mean, even the time factor and the trying to get here to there to this, you know, it was just a lot. And we kind of got stuck. And then when it all settled, the dust all settled, what we did was we rented a cabin in the mountains here in North Carolina. And the only thing we added to that plan was a train ride one, one morning. One morning, early afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, we had lunch on the train and just had the train ride at the on the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad. Um, so that's what we did, and it became a very simple time in which we then were able to say, "Okay, what are we going to do?" Well, we got some books we're going to read. We're going to go to bed and get up when we want to. We're going to lounge around and sit out on the porch and watch the sunset and the sunrise. This is what we did, and it was recreation for us, okay? It was very intentional. I know I kind of built a long story into making that point, but it's got to be intentional. And then I guess now the third thing on the list is it needs to be sustainable. Now, this goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's got to be more than the big vacation. So, again, let me repeat it. What are the daily things and weekly things we can do? Nothing wrong with the big vacation. Again, we had the vacation I just described. We can't do that every week. Right. Oh, how I want to. But we can't do that every week. So I, my plan needs to actually be heavily on daily things and weekly things I can do to get recreation through my summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, Very important point. Yes, because if our daily is where it needs to be, then when we have the opportunity for the big one, the big one will be that much better because we're not trying to make up for lost time. We're just expounding on where we already are. And so then we can vacate a little bit and, okay, this is a time for me to detach from some responsibility to, you know, to to remove myself, but I'm not like just completely unplugging and ungluing because I've been nurturing my soul up to now to where now what I have vacated, I have more room to fill in with with God and what I need so that when I re-engage and plug back in, I'm not now depleted from my time of depletion. Yep. Rat race, rat race, rat race, tap out. And then... Rat race under just at Disney World or something. I don't know why I'm picking on Disney World. And now I come back and I've actually lost five places in the race, and so now i got to just race that much more. Yep, Yep. because somebody's getting ahead of me in this dog-eat-dog world. Oh, my goodness. Lord, have mercy and deliver us from that kind of lifestyle. And then the fourth thing that, that I... I put on the list, I mean, it's obvious, but just as you make your list, we're saying write these things down just as guidelines. What are you going to do? It needs to be restorative. If what I'm doing is diminishing my wholeness as a man, then it is not recreation. 
Okay, so again, it's just putting a, some terminology to what we've been describing. If my vacation is just another form of rat race, if it's just another form of glorified, you know, Hawaiian shirt wearing rat race, I say that because I wear my Hawaiian shirt on vacation. Because you're in party mode. Anyway, someday I'm going to wear it in here to record a podcast and then watch out. It's going to break loose. It is. So let me just give you one uh, tremendous reference from Resilient in this podcast, okay? So it's got to be restorative. If what I'm doing is diminishing my wholeness, it's not recreation. So here's what I read, and I know you've read the book too, but uh, this is in Chapter 9, Your Prescription. This is what Eldridge says. The math is simple. Reserves are replenished when there's more coming in than there is going out. That's how it works. That's why people come back from their vacations feeling better, again, assuming they've done it right, and why folks who have taken real time off like a sabbatical come back almost different human beings. Your reserve tanks don't just magically fill up, no more than your car's gas tank does. That's a great analogy. Mm, It's a good point. They definitely don't replenish when you're burning everything just to maintain what you call your, quote, normal life. That's why you make a plan for recovery and resilience. You'll want to arrange for periods where more is coming in than is going out. That's just great. That's just great counsel right there. And so, again, your plan should be prayerful, it should be intentional, it should be sustainable, and it should be restorative. Anything you think to add to that list? I was sitting there thinking, and I, I think that pretty well, pretty well covers it. We're going we're gonna to test Napoleon on this when he gets back. Oh, yeah. We're going to give him each one of those points of the plan and say, explain how yours worked. Would you explain it to us? <laughs> All right. So we've come down now to the final part of we need to give some practical examples of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So ask you to think about this. What are the things that you're going to do? What is your current plan? What does it include to bring some recreation into your life with the emphasis on all the things we've been talking about? Mm-hmm. So I've got a few things. You've got a few things. I've been doing a lot of talking. I'm going to let you go first. All right. Help us out here. One of the first ones that I had was just you mentioned intentionality, intentionally playing with the children more when I get when I get home. There's so many times where if it's if it's been a, a busy or a chaotic day, even if it hadn't necessarily been a long day, but it, but it's been a full day, and you know the mind is just exhausted. It was it's so easy to come home and be like, hey, you know what? I just I just need a break. But what I have found is that when I come home and I'm tired like that, and my children are like. You know, hey, Dad, you want to sit down and play cars with me? Do you want to, you know, color with me? Do you want to do this, that, or the other with me? Rather than being like, hey, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. Being more like, okay, you know what? No, I, I am going to enter into this right now. What I have found is that even if it's just a small time, 10 to 15 minutes, it helps to take the mind off of the pressures and all that was going on. And I have invested this small time. Now my soul is a little bit more refreshed. This, this is good. I, I have taken the time to invest into my children. This is what they need of me, and I am far less cranky and cantankerous the remainder of the afternoon just because I've taken that time to, to be refreshing and in so doing help them as well. done that a couple of times in the last week or so with, with Benjamin. We've got the pool out down at the lower end of the house, and he's always looking for somebody to get in the pool with him. He mm-hmm. wants somebody to play with him and get in there and and a couple times where I honestly didn't want to, but I did, and we had a good time. Yeah. It's a good point. Intentionally spending some time with the children. The first one that, that is on my list is one that 
came out of the recreation vacation with my wife there a couple weeks ago, and that was to actually establish some intentional evening prayer together. And, you know, I, I, I've talked a lot of, we talk a lot about prayer, and I've talked a lot about the importance of that morning prayer, but even in my own life, I found that my prayer life is strong in the morning and into the afternoon and, you know, and, and even to, to the degree of just the faults of God all day long. But as I get into the evening, I have less of a robust, intentional prayer time. And I've known for a long time that's an area I want to improve in because it kind of sets that thing in, at the end of the day that says, you know what, don't lose focus. I still need to spend time with God before it all wraps up today. Mm-hmm. Don't lose focus. And I asked her, I said, you know, let's, let's do this together. I know there were times we used to do this, and it sort of dropped off, and we, we've prayed with Benjamin as our little one in the house now. We pray with him, but then we just kind of go on. And we, we, we have our own things, but let's do it together. And that has been real helpful, just staying with that. And I mentioned earlier, just spending that time reading the Proverbs together and, and, and when everything else is done and let aside for the day and you kind of just let it all go and you're just focused on those moments, kind of opens up your ability very similar to the early morning before everything gets cranked up to actually focus on the scriptures and pull some things out of them. So evening prayer with my wife is part of my recreation plan started for this summer, but I'm that's one you want to continue, right? That's a great one. So my next one would be, uh, and this is actually a shout-out to my wife because she helped to, to start this. So we're getting ready to go on this mission trip next week, and you know we stressed from the beginning this is going to be physically demanding. You need to be conditioned for it. And she was like, listen, I, I've got, I need to get used to carrying a backpack. I need to do more walking and stuff like that. So we just started carving out time on lunch, um, maybe in the evenings after supper, before everything's riding down, you know, just to, just to walk a mile or so around the neighborhood, you know, just around the house, wherever we could find stuff. And then about a month ago, she came across podcast that she listens to a book that she's been reading they go hand in hand but they do like a a 21 days with jesus prayer walk and they've got some audio some directed prayers and some scripture things that they're that they're pulling out and so she was like hey i'm doing this you want to do this with me and i was like yeah yeah sure so we've over the last month or so have been taking regular daily walks just not anything super physically demanding just kind of just a stroll but a directed stroll. So a lot of times she's listening to that. I'm, you know, we're walking with the children and, and we're all doing this together. But that time of, okay, this took about 30 minutes to do the fresh air, the getting moving, the the joy of, of we're all doing this together as a family. We're being able to talk to her has been very good and something that even when the 21 days has passed and we may not necessarily have the directed audio to listen to, but still keeping that time of, hey, we're just going to take just, just this time just to walk, talk together. These are what I've been thinking on a day. What, you know, how's your day been? Has been helpful and something that we want to sustain as well. And I think it would be important to say to that point, again, you're doing this and you've got, you got a full-time job and mm-hmm. you've got three small children and you're making the space. And I'm guessing it doesn't always go perfect. No. But that's the point I wanted to highlight. These things don't have to go perfect to work. Yeah. And you might, you know, you might have a prayer walk program like that that you're trying to do. And one day you're like, man, I'm at the end of this and I don't, I don't even know what we were yep. doing. I was distracted the whole time. Hey, not a problem. You know why? Because you're putting that effort in there and it's actually 
accomplishing more than you can tell at the surface level anyway. And that's a great point because one of the things that has helped me has been to to stop demanding perfection in my devotional time or my these times where I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because it seems like every time before that I've made that goal, something won't go exactly right. And it's like, oh, why am I even trying this? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to do this. Lord, I've got good intentions, and this is just all falling apart everywhere. And now I find that my soul is actually worse off than it was beforehand. But to come to the point where I'm like, okay, we're doing this walk together. I got a five-year-old son that is a bundle of energy who I have to regularly, hey, remember, don't run up too far. Stay within eyesight. Hey, maybe we don't need to run through that person's yard. Hey, uh, stop putting that doggy in the headlock. Yeah, you know, all of this kind of stuff. That before I'd be like, oh, Lord, I, I, I'm just so frazzled. But but now getting to the point to say, I've got children. i got small children, and that's not a surprise to God. He knows exactly where they are and the, the condition, our stage of life right now. He's honored by us as a family presenting ourselves to him to say, okay, Lord, we're going we're gonna to do this together. And if it don't go perfectly right, if you're okay with it, we need to be okay with it as well. And that has brought some, some encouragement in the soul to, to actually get the help that we were looking for. Well, I will, uh, I'll go ahead and, and just add this one in there. Very, it's very simple. But it fits your example of the walking and, and so forth like that and the physical training for the mission trip. And that has been my determination. And we work out together not every day but a lot. But my determination became, you know what, I'm going to extend my exercise time. Because for a long time, because of craziness, busyness, everything going on, you know, we, we might only have a 30-minute workout. Well, that's, that's great. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was I wasn't getting – the full training I wanted to get. Case in point, today we we ran, and honestly, I, I'm not in the running condition that I was a, even a year ago because I haven't been, well, I haven't had time or made time to incorporate that into the week's training program. So just extending the exercise time out. Now, why does that ultimately matter? Well, if you go back to the principles of the plan, we're looking for restorative and and sustainable things. I can sustain uh, increasing exercise time, trying to get an hour a day, okay? I can pretty well sustain that. It might not happen every day. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. perfect. But the more important reason that exercise is even on the list is because it is restorative. You know, exercise does a lot to help relieve stress. I know some people say, well, I'd just stress if I had to exercise. Well, actually, the truth is, is I don't know a better way to say this. You're wrong. You actually will reduce stress and improve your overall well-being through exercise. Now, when we say that, I'm not going to divert into an exercise episode, but I'm talking about go out and take a walk. Yeah. Move. Just just do something. It's very healing and restorative to the that part of the man. Remember, one of the things Jesus was after was there had not been time to take care of the whole man. So extending exercise time has been very helpful over the last couple of weeks. Sometimes exercise is stressful during the exercise depending on what you're doing and who you're doing it with yep. like if you're doing it with somebody that's like further down the uh physical spectrum than you are that's like hey I'm going to motivate you to to get there it, you know that can be stressful but even and I can say this dogmatically and with full sincerity even in the most stressful workouts that we've ever done the times that I have gotten in my vehicle the most frustrated 
within about five minutes, I felt a whole lot less stressful than I did even before the workout started. The benefit was still there. Well, it's actually your turn. So it's my turn. One? I do. And I, I had two more, but they actually kind of merge in together as far as a sustainable thing. So the first part of it is one thing that we have tried to cut back on and in cutting back on filling it in. But, but we have really tried to reduce um, just the overall amount of, of television, movie watching and stuff that's been that we do in the house. You know, a lot of times we would kind of wind down in the evening and watch a few episodes of, of something. And there was a lot of the entertainment stuff that has been highlighted in my own life. It's like, okay, we just got to cut this out completely. So even the stuff that we were doing that wasn't necessarily vexing the soul, you know, that was that was okay, but just trying to reduce that and in so doing, bringing in some, some recreational reading. My wife and I have different tastes in, in books. She's got some things that um, that she has enjoyed reading here lately that I would not really care to ever read, nor would I even really care to watch it if there was the movie version of it, like it, that's that's just not my thing. And I know that even more so than that, there are things that I enjoy reading recreationally. She ain't got no interest whatsoever in. And so for us to be able to say, you know, what, we're just going to take this time. I'm going to read what I want to read. She's going to read what she wants to read. We're still, you know, doing it together because that was one of the things that we like to do. We like if we were watching something, we like to, to do it together. But it's nice we're doing our own thing together. So, so cutting away more from watching and, and incorporating in just more intentional and individual reading. Well, I just will hop on that train because recreational reading was on my list. Reading just for fun and relaxation. And the listeners who may recall, uh, we did the episode on why men should be readers. Mm-hmm. And one of the results of that was remembering the book Hatchet by Gary Paulson that I read as a as a boy and I actually tracked that down. What's funny is I was after that I was on a trip with the youth from our church and we were staying we rented this uh, house up in the mountains and we were staying there and they had a little small they had a bookshelf and a little library, a little nook library. Hmm. And I was looking at all the books on the shelf, you know, when we got there that day and there was Gary Paulson and it was Brian's Winter. So I pulled that out, and it was like number three or four or whatever in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know there was a series on this. We discussed that on the Why Men Should Be Readers. But that was the result of our millennial Googling. Oh, that, you, that, you, that you knew it was a series. Yeah, oh, okay. hey, did you know that there was more? And you said, no, well, I, yeah, I, I didn't know I, it was I had a no series. Idea. So I actually started reading that one while we were on the trip, and I got all the way till I had like three chapters left, but it was time to leave. Wrestled with the ethics of taking the book, but decided <laughs> I shouldn't. And so come back home and started looking in the libraries here, and we, we live right outside of a pretty large city. And Looking at the, the library system here in our neighboring city, and we've got a lot of branches, so I figured they got to be there. Well, boom, I landed on the gold mine. One of the libraries has, like, all of them, including a bunch of other Gary Paulson books. My point in, in all that is I've now read, reread Hatchet and all four of those series – and I've started a whole other Gary Paulson book. So That's awesome. my recreational reading has picked up quite a bit. So that the book that I had started recreationally when we had that podcast was Dune. And I have I have finished it. And that was like a 550... That's a massive novel. Like the guy in our church that brought it to me and allowed me to, you know, to, to read it 
thought, man, this is this is huge. But I'm now about three quarters of the way through the second book in that series as well. And so, I just threw that in on your point. I'll just offer the this one more that I think is important, and that is the importance of getting good rest. Hmm. It, it's so easy during, and I know that was part of the plan, the specifics Jesus has in Mark six, but that is a practical and so often overlooked part of wholeness and wellness. If we are not resting properly, we are running down. So you, you, you talked about recovery earlier, but I mean just the, the simple thing of actually getting some sleep. I know this. There are times, there are nights. I had one not too long ago where I just don't sleep well, and I'm waking up. It seems like every hour, almost on the hour, I'm waking up and looking at the clock thinking, surely it's time to go ahead and get up, and it's like, no, it's 1130. Mm-hmm. And, okay, well, I go back to sleep and wake up. Well, it's 1230. And it's just a horrendous night. So it's important to make sure that we're, for us, for my wife and I, and, and our household, for the most part, is pretty well in line with this. Although it was, we, we try to, we're making sure we're going to bed at a good time because we like to get up early, so we need to go to bed early. But it was a little interesting. It was last night or the night before I said to Benjamin, hey, it's time to go to bed. And he looks out the blinds says it's not even dark because <laughs> it's like 8.30, you know. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, it's time to start getting ready for bed, man. we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, but it is important. Getting that rest just helps us to uh, get that recreation in our soul. I, I'll pull back and say I did have one other thing I wrote down on my list. Maybe, maybe it can be relatable to whatever interest a person has. But I would say it's important if you have something you enjoy doing that's a good hobby that's very restorative to you, Uh, to try to get some of that in. And for me, I can't do a lot of camping in this heat. you know. So schedule-wise, you might can't get a way to do it. I can't get a way to do it. And if I could get a way to do it, even overnight somewhere close, it's so hot right now. You're talking 80-some degrees at Mm 9 o'clock at night. Nobody wants to do that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But what I am trying to do and be, be conscious of is look for some little pockets where I might could run off to the higher elevations near here and maybe get a night or two in here and there because those things are helpful to me. So it's just, you know, don't, get, again, kind of goes back to one of the first things we talked about. Don't give up on it just because it doesn't happen today. Right. Keep looking for it. The time will come. Sure. Any other thoughts? That concludes my list. I got to tell you, though, as much as you may have accomplished, without a doubt, Roland Napoleon if he's doing it right, he's going to come back the most refreshed and renewed and recreated person we know. I mean, we're talking about weeks. Weeks of hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, maybe by next week he will be back here contributing the wisdom he's gleaned over the the uh, days of resilience building he's been doing. Oh, he will. Well, we've spent a couple of weeks on this topic now, and I hope that, I genuinely hope that we have equipped uh, all the listeners of the Code of Man with some some helpful tools and and some guiding principles, some scriptural principles on building this uh, summer recreation plan. By the way, you know, we rarely say this, but we would actually be encouraged to hear from some listeners. Absolutely. Uh, some of the things that they're doing. Because we can always use the suggestions as well, and it's good to hear that folks are getting some help. So reach out to us, Code of Man, gen 127 at gmail.com. We welcome your emails, and we'll get back with you. I like how you just rattle that off. Well part of my job to have this information handy i don't know what we're going to do next week but we are definitely going to have napoleon back so maybe we'll just ask him what he wants to do 
I mean, aside from checking up on whether or not he's actually done this right. I mean, his two-week hiatus, he ought to be coming back with, I mean, ideas galore of topics and things to talk about. Yep, I think you're right. We'll see so you next uh, week. We'll see you, Napoleon. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire. And the flames are controlled by burning desire to be the best. In the heart of a champion